Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you today, Logan? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing well, Jordan. Uh, I am. It's Monday, so as well as you can be doing on a Monday. But uh, Super Bowl Monday. Super, yes. It's it's not as super as Super Bowl Sunday. It super sucks. <laughs> if you're any, if games. you're yeah, if you're outside Kansas City, it was probably yeah. not a great, uh, not a great Sunday. Yeah, or if you hate Taylor Swift, also. So. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we got to try to get her to like date, uh, move on from Travis Kelsey, and and pick like a an MLS player. Really boost the league mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, no, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that, you know, all the Swifties coming to MLS. And there are, there are rumors, Jordan, that she will be with Brittany Mahomes because Brittany owns the uh, Casey Current. So we talked oh, yeah. about that and, and pod. Pat Mahomes is part of the uh, ownership of SKC. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, no, we kind of had something like that when it was Sebastian Legette with, like, Becky mm. G. Um mm-hmm. He fumbled that, but um, for a while, like, you know, we kind of got the boost from that, but imagine the Taylor Swift boost. If she's like, Oh, if she was like dating, uh, I'm trying to pick out like, like a random player that like, uh, that she would date. Like uh, she's like somebody that would be an an MLS for a while and not like, Duncan Jordan McGuire, Morris. like on his right. way out of Major League Soccer or something like. Right. Yeah. Well, well, maybe that's a fun episode idea. Let's match make for for Taylor Swift on who who would get <laughs> how would this get the league more popular? Um. Yeah. So we are going to be uh doing our top five of the East preview today. So that is New England Revolution, Philadelphia Union, uh, the Columbus Crew. Um, the Orlando City SC, FC Cincinnati. Did I skip a team in there? No, that's all of them. Okay. Great. And we're going to have a guest on for for Cincinnati as well. What were you going to say, Logan? New England, right? New England? I said New England. I went went order of the table, so I think we're good. You got it then. All right, good. Solid. Uh, yeah. So who do we have? Who do we have joining us today to talk FC Cincinnati, the supporters yeah, so have, winners? Yeah. So we have a trialist joining us. Uh, his name is Justin Blair from uh, Cincy Soccer Talk. So the same network, uh, same show as the Weigels. I know the Weigels uh, are. They've got. I think I was listening to Cincy Soccer Talk, and they said they have like twenty some odd people, maybe thirty, that work for Cincy Soccer Talk. So there is a cast of characters over there um, and they're a lot of fun. So if if you're outside of the Cincinnati bubble and you want a good follow and and information about Cincinnati or just want a good time, these guys and gals are are people that can give you a good time. I always enjoy listening to them. So I'm excited to have Justin on. Wow, 20 and 30. That's kind of like what we have going on here, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, 25. Yep. They usually they're in the shadow. Like you don't see it. They're all sitting under here. You can't see them. They're off. uh, They're off camera. They're our producers. So yeah, yeah, we have it. We actually have a huge, huge squad of people that work for us. Don't don't pay attention to the people behind the curtain. Um, But 
yeah, so we're going to go ahead and do that. And like we've been doing the last like time or two, we are going to start with the interview. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break here as we are going to transition over to our interview with Justin Blair to talk FC Cincinnati. And we are back from our break and we're welcoming Justin Blair onto the show from Cincy Soccer Talk. Hello, Justin. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Just getting uh, revved up for the MLS uh, season, but obviously I got to do some scouting on Cavalier FC. So (laughs) 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 I buried in some uh, Jamaican Premier League, but yeah, just doing great overall. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, let's jump into Jamaican Premier. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll jump into. <laughs> five. I would like your five teams that you're really looking out for for this year. But no, or Justin, I think it's cool because it's like I see the scarves in behind you, and I was like, this is by far, I think, the coolest setup that somebody's had that we've had on this show. And but I've noticed there's there's some there is some black and yellow back there, but there's one in particular that's missing. I think from your collection i think i'll send you a crew when i have an extra one in case you want that (laughs) no i'll I'll pass i i told everybody whenever i first started doing this like crew will be the last team that i'll have up here on the wall uh i kind of cheated because going back to when i first started watching mls i was not a fan of the galaxy so i was like i'm probably not gonna do that but i had to jump on that one i love the colors i love the scheme so yeah no crew up here until you know a few years down the road that's fitting that's fair I, i'll give you that one so awesome uh well thanks for jumping on um and we'll jump into the questions because i know we'll have a lot to talk about with cincinnati um jordan do you want to jump in or me you uh sure i guess i can start if right. we if we look back at 2023 won the supporter shield uh, lose to the crew in in the playoffs, but you also have Lucho winning MVP. Kind of a huge rise from those years of having like three wooden spoons. Um, what went right for them this year, uh, last year, and and kind of what went wrong in those playoffs? Yeah, so um, obviously winning the supporter shield was what went right. Um, it it was just kind of a culmination, right? Uh, Obviously people are familiar with Cincinnati's history, not a, um, let's just say it's a bare trophy case. So to be able to put some hardware to our name, uh, something that you can go on Wikipedia and search uh, was was fantastic. I know some people chagrin at the Supporters Shield as not being a real trophy. Uh, we're Supporters Shield troopers here in Cincinnati. Same, uh, same in Philly. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's um, what went right this season was we were able to find some defensive stability. Um, I think that 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 has to be spoken on first. I mean, everybody going into the 2023 season. Uh, looked at Cincinnati and said, hey, they're attacking three with Brenner, Vasquez, and Costa are great, but they they give up a lot of goals. Uh, Cincinnati kind of flipped that narrative uh, last year and may have not had the, the offensive performance that we all expected, but defensively completely stepped up. Uh, Matt Miazga was a big part of that. Yerson Mascara, obviously. And then uh, Abina Nuobono. So two players that came in in the middle of the summer transfer window last year and then having a guy like Yerson Mascara on loan from Wolves really helped solidify that we can win some grinded out games, right? It's not 
us going out and putting a bunch of balls in the net. It's we can find the way. And then, of course, uh, Lucho Acosta is just the magic man. Uh, MVP season, uh, you, you, you can't speak enough of what he matters to FC Cincinnati and how they want to play. Uh, when Lucho goes out, everyone everyone knows it it's uh it's very painful to watch us progress the ball through the midfield when lucho's not available but what went wrong i'd say probably kind of pair that up with the uh supporter shield um uh chasing after the supporter shield may have uh hindered us in some aspects right um uh, not so much in the open cup uh, semifinal against Inter Miami. That was kind of a weird deal where we were coming back from league's play and you know played the crew uh, only a few days before. But we saw it when it got to the playoffs. Our guys, those 2,500 minutes, really started showing up on their legs. And uh, yeah, and un- it's unfortunate that it was the crew, but the crew was probably the most dangerous team going into the playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think they they obviously hit the crew at the wrong time. And I, I think that was every team that was up against the crew. It was like, this team is incredibly hot. Just like I think SKC was the same in the West. It was like, well, these teams are coming in on fire. And anybody that wants to mess with them are going to, you know, and the crew were just out of their mind. Insane last year, just scoring goals and doing so at a clip that it was, it was impressive. Um, and you kind of said, you know, you talked about it in the playoffs, uh, how how big was that loss? I mean, you guys were up 2-0 at halftime, I believe, and then drop it. Was it, I mean, was it devastating to fans as it seemed? Because it, it sure seemed like on Twitter, I mean, no pun intended at all, hell was breaking loose. Yeah, yeah, I you you can't deny it. And, and there's a bit of history with that score line, to be honest with you. We were up 2-0 at halftime against the Red Bulls in the, the famous 2017 Open Cup. Uh, and we, we ended up losing that game. And then, of course, uh, another semifinal in the Open Cup against Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami were up two goals. Uh, and then we find a way to uh, not bring home the, the cup. So with it being the crew, I think it just stuck a knife in fans. Uh, hats off to our supporter section, though. Uh, they, they stayed through the entire celebration till the confetti was being swept off the field. Uh, drumming along, so uh, shout out to those guys. Uh, but yeah, for for the large majority of FC Cincinnati fans, uh, you didn't get the MLS Cup, and that would have been the ultimate culmination for that season. And then to watch the crew not only beat you in the Eastern Conference Final, but also to go on and um, get that win against LAFC and crew stadium it was uh devastating lower.com field i should say yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah, i you watch on and it was like man that, that was probably the worst thing that could have happened was to drop that into nil i mean the most dangerous lead in soccer and it, it, it sure i mean it stuck um and it you know i think all the theatrics in it and behind it miazga doing what he did it it created all sorts of issues in the playoffs last season and a lot of people speak about miazga in a way that there, you know, I know there was a lot of talk about his accumulation of yellow cards, and I'm like, 
you know, his mouth's going to get him in trouble, but that's kind of who he is. I mean, that, that's the intensity that he brings. I don't think that's a, a knock on the player himself because it ultimately, it, it springboards Cincinnati into that number one spot. They get the supporter shield. There's a reason Matt Miazga wore the captain band. It's not like he's out there and he's, a, you know, the 11th player on the list and he's out there running his mouth. They're going, what are you doing? You're not, you don't even play half the time. So Yeah, defender it, of the year too. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so it just didn't feel right uh, when Miazga was was getting the sole blame, it felt like, from at least on the outside it looked. But, yeah, overall, a, a really good season in 2023, and, and we had the Weigel twins on before, and, and just, I mean, it was a it was constant, Justin, talking about um, just how bad this team had been. Um, but then you, you start to get some stability, and I wanted to ask you about that because Jordan knows of this tree very well, but it's that Philadelphia Union blueprint kind of thing where it's, uh, Pat Noonan comes over, Chris Albright comes over. What exactly have they meant for the club in stabilizing this and, and getting out from underneath that bottom of the table and now, I, I think, are contenders for years to come? Yeah, so uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what on the strategy of bringing in and roster building. Uh, obviously, that's fine. That's, that's kind of a hallmark of um, – the Philadelphia Union, right? They have a solid center backs. They have a great uh, six, and then they have good attacking play up top. Uh, and then you can fill in where you need to bring in good depth. Now, we obviously don't have the academy players that the Philadelphia Union have, but Albright brings a knowledge of MLS rules and how to manipulate, uh, let's say, the, the, the GAM uh, and the TAM, and the BAM, and the WAM, uh, <laughs> right. really well. And uh, the other thing I think that can't uh, go without saying, and, and it kind of bit us in the butt last year with our center back depth, but the willingness to be patient. That's something that C- Cincinnati has spent money. Cincinnati loves spending money. They want to win championships. But under former regimes, we would bring in big name players that may or may not have fit our system or not very good locker room pieces. And Albright and Noonan have shown a a propensity to say, hey, we're not bringing in players because we need players in that position. We need to bring in the right player. And I think that Jim Curtin has always done that, right? Jim has always been good about having a good team chemistry uh for their whole roster even the young players that aren't getting minutes they're not griping they're not complaining they find their spots and then you get um like a um sorry mcglynn right you get players like that 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 pop off so cincinnati is in the process of building that but obviously the supporters should you got to give credit to dom kinnear kenny arena and pat newton on being able to figure out the pieces that they had in place uh, and going out and doing something with them. And, and it, the big part is the three five two that they, they decided to incorporate instead of the Philadelphia um, 442 diamond. So uh, hats off to both of them. They're, they're on the right trajectory. You know, Pat Noonan, coach of the year, uh, Chris Albright, GM of the year. Sky's the limit for this club. Yeah, and... I think what's scary about them is, like you said, Cincinnati will spend the money. Um, so they'll have a better opportunity than Philly, I think, to keep this up where Philly is going to have to rely on Ernst Tanner finding uh, the diamonds in the rough uh, continually. 
for this to continue. Uh, while Cincy, like you said, right player, right time, but their budget opens up more of those players, uh, I think. Yes, and, and be able to absorb things, right? So we bring in Brenner at, what was it, $13 million? Mm-hmm. And we sell them on for $9 million. I think a lot of GMs would probably try to hold on to that investment for a little bit longer, but the ownership at Cincinnati wants to win. And if Brenner doesn't want to be at Cincinnati, he wants to be at Serie A, it's a good look for us. It opens up avenues. We can take that four million hit, and and move on from them, and then go out and get an Aaron Pipenza. Uh So it, it's it's just it's nice to have that luxury. And uh, just to go on a little bit of a Philly thing, uh, you got to be able to keep some of these players. Uh, it's it's kind of yeah. a profit profit farm right now for Philadelphia. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, you know uh, it, it's frustrating. Because we, I feel like Twitter will look at things through two lenses, right? You'll have the the lenses of the hardcore fans, but then you also have the lenses of the hardcore U.S. men's national team fans who look at all of these prospects that and they want to get them overseas. And uh, my whole thought is, at times, you need these players to want to play here in Major League Soccer. That, that's the end goal: is for these kids to be watching their team and say, I want to be like Bedoya. I want to be like these players that have been at this team for, for a long time. Um, you know, so, some some kids, you know, like, this, like the Aronsons, we've barely had a chance to really uh, get the fruits of their labor, you know, you know in, that, in that regard. Um, the fruit of the labor started becoming the, the transfer fee and not the product on the field for, for some of the players. Um, kind of the way Dallas moves on from players sometimes. Um, but you talked about players moving on and we did, uh, Cincinnati did have some players leave like Brandon Vasquez, Mosquera, uh, Baji, Ray Gaddis, um, uh, Brenner, as you were saying. So, what were your thoughts on these players getting uh, shipped out? Yeah, so we'll start with Brendan Vasquez. I mean, obviously, you know, second place in the uh, the Golden Boot run in 2022. Uh, he was pivotal in the turnaround of FC Cincinnati. So it's a bit of a heartbreak for us. But last year, eight goals isn't something to shake a stick at. But you could tell when Brenner moved on in the summer that people were keying in on Brandon Vasquez and that dynamic, that d- dynamic attacking two up front wasn't quite hitting the same. Uh, Brendan vocally spoke about wanting to move on and going other places, but being patient and trusting the ownership and the GM to make the right call on that. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati was competing for trophies, so that was something in their best interest. But, you know, the time came up and it was a mutual agreement. It was okay, Brandon, wherever you want to go, we'll support that. You know, obviously we want um, fair market for you, but you, you go on and he goes down to Monterey and he's absolutely been killing it for Monterey right now. He's, he's out for right now. He's got a, a special day uh, uh, ahead of him uh, that 
I probably shouldn't speak on it here on this podcast, but he, he has had an agreement to come back home for, for a short amount of time. Um, and he'll be linking back up with Monterey. But yeah, I mean, banging in, what, three goals in his first two starts. Uh, not a bad cap for uh, Brandon Vasquez. But it, it hurts Cincinnati in that we don't have that poacher up top, right? We don't have that long ball threat where you could, you could have somebody that can bring down and hold up play in the midfield. Um, so that's something we need to identify. Yersa Mascara, it's a lone player. You're, you're not going to be able to buy him off of Wolves. Uh, but we got glowing reviews from Wolves about our development of Yersin and our usage of Yersin, our facilities. So those things speak volumes in the future, right? You know, Wolves will be interested. Other premier championship teams will be interested in doing business with FC Cincinnati for sure. And maybe even Villarreal, because right now Yersin just got another start at Villarreal and he looked really good in that performance. Uh, and then Junior Moreno, he, he wanted more money. And you we all know when you're getting those incentives that you promised players, um, it's hitting the cap space, right? So Supporters Shield definitely um, was probably on some of those bonuses and that's hitting our cap space. So there just wasn't money with the current rules to keep Junior Moreno around. And, you know, that's a best of luck. Go find somewhere else. Baji wanted more starting time and Ray Gaddis is probably going to re-retire. <laughs> so uh, we lose pieces. Um but I think one of the biggest ones is Santi Arias. Um, we haven't, to this day yet, we haven't identified a solid uh, right back uh, replacement for him. So I think that may be the biggest hit when you look up and down this list. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, and we can kind of transition that too into the, the players coming in because I think, um, and just kind of speaking to, to the departures, I was like, you know, They've got at least three or four guys that were getting, I mean, major minutes and Cincinnati had to do some retooling. And, you know, you look at this side and, and I think immediately people point to Brandon Vasquez. And so that's going to be somebody that you're missing a ton. But it has felt that like other teams that have been successful, Cincinnati knew when it was time to part ways and get those resources that you're going to get from Brandon Vasquez because you don't know what Brandon's going to do in the year you know, after, like he could get hurt, there could be issues with transfer, trying to get money in. So I, I think selling to Monterey and getting that exposure, like you said, I mean, these loan deals that, that Cincinnati seem to be capitalizing on, or just the, the development of players and, and shipping them off to the right systems and the right fit. It seems like Cincinnati is going to become this destination where players look at and go, at least if it doesn't work there, they're going to do right by me. And they're going to find me a place that fits. And these other clubs, like you said, they're going to want to do business with Cincinnati when they see that. So I think he makes some really good points. And and speaking of good business, I think that their offseason was good business. And I think some people are, are down on it. But I I mean, I really like what they've added. I, I love Miles Robinson. We've talked about how good he is. One of the top center backs in this league. Easily going to be, I think, a, a European player at some point with international duties. And uh, the, the guy's unbelievable. And especially in this league, I think people want to point at the U.S. men's national team and say, that's where Miles struggled. Well, yes, but you also got to look at the fact that he is still one of the best players in this league. They add Corey Baird up top. 
which I think is a phenomenal signing. He doesn't have to be that. I don't know where people are getting this idea where he's going to be this 12 to 15 goal scorer. He's never been that. He's going to play, uh, you know, the flute to the fiddle. Like, I, I don't understand where people are so negative towards it. Um, they brought in Pavel Buka and Kip Keller, which I love those. And from everything that I've read and heard and all of you guys talk about, Buka has been killing it. So just talk a little bit about these signings. I'm super excited for this team. I think this is exactly what they needed. If you're going to replace those players we mentioned above, this is how you do it. Yeah, I I, I, I can't agree with you more. I think Buka is like we talked about Junior Moreno, how many minutes he had. Junior Moreno was a phenomenal player at positioning he was a smart player a good leader um did a lot for this team but with junior reno it really kind of hindered the midfield i want to say because he yeah. just he never brought that attacking presence right he was able to find some scrap up goals and stuff like that but it was um he never played forward you know and and with fc cincinnati you watch him it looked like it was acosta barrial or Santiarius or bust, right? Nothing coming through the middle from that back line, right? So it was it was a, a subtraction, yes, in that leadership and experience. But Bucha is apparently one of those players that can go forward. Still have to see him play some minutes with our own eyes to be able to get a real good grasp on that. Um, but yeah, Pat Noonan's been glowing about him, uh, and with Corey Baird, I absolutely agree with you i think um a lot of people just slot that in as brandon vasquez replacement i disagree uh now probably not the goal pedigree of brenner as well but he gives that ability on the ball which is i mean go straight down the list of cincinnati um santos isn't bringing that dynamicism uh you know baji wasn't able a foot skill player a player that can play smart with lucho acosta and uh barrial prop and then you know you have kimi ordonez who's a solid striker but he's still very young and still trying to get his you know feet underneath him so you have to have somebody with ball skills. You know what you have with Bupenza. Bupenza is uh, a great goal scorer, but he often played the same position as Vasquez. So you had two players up top that were, you know, targets, but no one up top that could really threaten in the box, right? Somebody that was going to be able to make the defense adjust to them to find that open poacher, right? So... I'm most excited about uh, Baird coming in. And then Kip Keller, I think everybody was excited um, about the prospects, at least on FC Cincinnati's uh, staff, because they had targeted Kip Keller as a potential draft pick. They ended up getting Ian Murphy. Ian Murphy obviously turned out pretty well. Um, so they're excited about that project. But obviously, I mean, Miles Robinson, crown jewel, of the it's probably the best um free agent signing in all of cincinnati uh the reds have never had uh, a bigger signing than that and nor have the Bengals. so thank it, goodness <laughs> it, 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 it's it's huge for us right for fc cincinnati to become cincinnati is not a destination city mm-hmm. being in the midwest and kind of you know riding that ohio river it's um it's kind of hard to sell Cincinnati to big name, big players. It's not a Miami. It's not an LA. It's not a New York. So to be able to get a free agent like that, that says, Hey, 
I like what you guys do there. I like your organization, Pat, Chris, you guys are smart. Let's go play for you. That was huge for Cincinnati. I also think it's just one of the best free agent signings in major league soccer at this point. When, when, you know, I remember this league before they had free agents, you know, and now that you're getting to those free agent signings that are causing players to move within the league as free agents and make big impacts like that. It's like one of the first steps towards what we're, what we were aiming for when we added free agency. So I really like seeing him stay in major league soccer and go to a big competitor like Cincy from Atlanta is like, that's what the dream was when we, when we were originally thinking like, let's get free agency in here. And we haven't really had that move before this. Like you would have, I don't even know if I could think of one. You'd have some moves, but none of them at the at the level that Miles Robinson is at. Not Aaron Long to LA Gallup. <laughs> LA- <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, yeah. No. <laughs> I think I, I literally I, I think Dax McCarty. All of the teams that he's been on, I think he's been the most exciting. But he's been like <laughs> traded to most of those, right? Because some of those were that before free agency. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, hell, I think he, he this one. I think the one he just signed for was a free agent. Uh, move, yeah, but I think he wants a wall yeah. like Justin. He just wants jerseys and all over his wall. <laughs> yeah, like that's all mine. His playing days. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, you mentioned right back potentially being a hole for this team. Is there any other holes going into the twenty twenty four season that you're potentially worried about? Uh I wouldn't say necessarily worried about. It. Okay, so both wing backs have to be we have to find replacements or backups because Barriol, you know the news is is that you know the european window closed and he didn't sign with the club over there there was some rumors about boca juniors there's been some disputing that on whether or not that was a valid option for him but as it stands today and we're recording this february 12th um i think that we are looking at definitely a summer move, right? Teams in Europe have a lot more ability, more freedom to make roster decisions in the summer. So Barriel is definitely going to be gone. So we need, yes, utilize him while he's here, but also be able to identify somebody who's going to step up in that role. Because having two wingbacks in a, you know, 3-5-2, uh, very, you know, wingback heavy uh, attack, um, it's a it's a dangerous situation because you're asking like our problems from like I said last year, where we didn't have a lot of that direct play coming up through the middle. So now it's a question on whether or not we're going to be able to do that. Um, and then I would have to say, in my personal opinion, this may not be the opinion of everybody at FC Cincinnati, uh, find a way to get Lucho Acosta some breath. Um, having him play 2,500 minutes. Uh, while it does lead to an MVP season and a supporter shield, um, we have to be able to find somebody at least competent to play the 10 position. Everybody argues that you're not going to be able to replace Lucho. We don't need to. There's nobody like Lucho. <laughs> He's proven it, right? We just need to find somebody who can come in, maybe a veteran in the MLS that knows uh, just a healthy amount of possession and just distribution, right? Does it need to be a Lucho of 
you know, nutmegging people going into the box and just doing a, a, a completely insane layoff into the top net. Like, we just need somebody who can be competent in the midfield. And FC Cincinnati, unfortunately, for now two seasons, haven't had that um, center attacking midfielder that can really step up and give him some relief. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you uh, one last question that we like to ask our guest, um, and uh, that is, what is success? What is a successful season for FC Cincinnati going forward in 2024? I know there's a lot of pieces that are important to them, like you, you mentioned, you know, uh, Bupenza, you mentioned Lucho, you know, there are players out there that are that are going to propel this team forward, but coming off a of supporter shield, what do you think that this team is looking forward to in 2024, and what would they deem as success? Oh, uh... The fans would deem a trophy, a cup finish as a success, right? MLS Cup, U.S. Open Cup, Leagues Cup, you know, Champions Cup. Um, Just like putting a cup in the trophy case. I think for this team, it's to have a little bit more cohesion. The the long-term pieces are here. Um, Be able to identify who your thoroughbreds are that are going to replace these players that we've mentioned. And to be able to finish, you know, we, we want an MLS. I think the, the floor, let's put it this way. The floor for FC Cincinnati is to make the playoffs and get a playoff win. Um, the, the ceiling would be to, you know, obviously um, win one of the Cups, two of the Cups, you know. I uh, think that makes a successful season for FC Cincinnati. I don't think Supporter Shield or table standings matter to FC Cincinnati a year after winning the supporter show. All right, Justin, if you want to share where everyone can follow your work and follow you on the social medias. Yeah. So uh, I, I work with uh, Cincinnati soccer talk. Uh, you can find them on Twitter or X at um, Cincy uh, soccer talk. And then you can find our website where we post a lot of our articles, podcasts, things of that nature. Uh, at Cincinnati uh, soccer talk.com. So. All right. Awesome. Thank you for uh, coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. All right. And thank you to Justin for coming on and talking FC Cincinnati with us. So let's wrap it up here with what we think a successful season and our report card for 2023 was um, I had a plus getting supporter shield after those three wooden spoons and like, you know, they had what three wooden spoons and they had the year where they made the playoffs and lost to Philly. And then, uh, which was 2022. And then you had the launch into this year being a supporter shield. So they're getting incrementally better. Um, they will have some issues, I think with the losses a bit, but I'm still pretty confident they're going to be near the top of the table in the East, but uh, I I don't think you can give anything that less than an A plus um, because when it ends with a trophy and you're the best team in the league, the only other way you can top that is by having a supporter shield and an MLS cup at the end of the day, but um, a plus. Yeah. The, I mean, we talked about it. I'm going to give them an A plus and, 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 Honestly, they should have been Supporter Shield winners and MLS Cup winners. If they don't collapse against the crew in the playoffs at home, then 
I mean, we're talking about one of the best teams that's had, you know, a, a season here in, in MLS in the last, you know, decade. So it, they, they were so, so very good, Jordan, during the regular season. Uh, Lucho Acosta is a phenomenal player, best player in this league until otherwise. Um, you know, I, I, I really do. I think that this team's got so much promise going forward. I love their signings. I love the Miles Robinson signing. I think Corey Baird will be serviceable. Yes, he's not a great striker and goal getter, but he's going to be good enough. And I think Lucho adds a ability to some of these players that I don't think other players do in the league. He seems to really understand how to get people the shots and goals that they need. And he's going to score a ton himself. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll find somebody, I think, that'll be uh, – they don't want to jump into anything. Uh, Eric Pupenza is one of the most exciting young players. Uh, I mean, this team is stacked from top to bottom. They have Pat Noonan. They've got Chris Albright. They've got the ownership team that they need to spend money. This team's going to be successful for many, many, many years to come. And I'm excited for them because I, I think it was a long time coming after three wooden spoons. A lot of people are finding Pupens pretty entertaining, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. The Gambian, or is it Gambian? Well, I forget his country, what it's called. But uh, he was he got in trouble off field uh, for a, a certain video that's being used as blackmail. Um, but Jordan, he also has a video going around on the internet that is very popular as well, just not with Union fans, when he back heels a ball into the back of the net and Jose Martinez didn't really uh, appreciate the, the antic. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I saw so many Union fans upset about that, and it's like it's it's preseason, guys. You got to stop them though. Like, like that's what I always felt about showboating. If you don't want them to do that, don't let them do that. Stop it. <laughs> maybe, maybe look. I was a little bit more upset when Balotelli did it against the Galaxy yeah. in a in a in a friendly. Yeah, in a friendly. Because I felt like that's showing up your opponent and whatever. But this, I felt like, yeah, whatever. It's preseason, so maybe that sounds. Uh, like I'm being a hypocrite there, but because uh, it is preseason for Balotelli when he was doing it. <laughs> but you know, it's like, um, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have a problem with Balotelli doing it now either. It's just one of those things that I got looser with as I yes. get older, and I'm not as yep. up. I, I I'm much more, I would say, comfortable with MLS's place in the world than I am than I was when Balotelli did that, where you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I wanted to show that we're blah, 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 yeah. a top league. I don't care about being a top league, really. Um, I just want to be a good league, an entertaining league that can sustain itself here in America and be a playing spot for uh, many people. So I, I had no problem with the back heel thing the way some people did. It's, it's whatever. Um, I kind of like that this union Cincy feud is, is running deep Speed now it. because yeah. it. it is like a family feud because they have so mm -hmm. many people that have come from the union to Cincy, not even you know, Sergio Santos. Right. But not even that you had right. Ray Gaddis. And then now you had, you know, Noonan and Albright. It's like this. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's like watching your, uh, Little the, your, your Padawan <laughs> fall to the dark side. And you're like, there you were you supposed go. to destroy this city. <laughs> not join them i love it um okay let's go with successful season i have uh kind of agreeing with justin here deep playoff run or trophies mm. i think is what it's going to take a trophy a deep playoff run without trophies just meaning like maybe they get to mls cup final maybe they get back to you know an eastern conference final etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just 
and it's not going to bother me where they end up on the table wise. Like, like he said, I think some people win that supporter shield and they realize how taxing is. And they're like, okay, next year we're going to go in and get second or third. And we're going to make the run that way, the way like Columbus did. And I think that sometimes is going to be the key to victory. There are some teams that win both. Right. But, uh, Usually, I feel like the teams that win both are deeper teams. So when they rotate, they're still winning the games. But sometimes if you're playing your starters each time, it's wearing them out. So I have just making a deep playoff run, showing that you're here to stay and that you're not going to fall back down the table. So uh, that's that's where I'm at. I agree with you. Deep playoff run. Get, get yourself some silverware and any means necessary, I think would be, would be a real success this year. Cause I think you can't leave this year without having won some silverware. And I think MLS cup is where they're going to direct their attention. All you got to be Jordan is hot going into the playoffs and the crew know that best. So they've done it two years uh, in the last, what, five years. So, so I think you do have to be hot, but I think you don't want to be the SKC. Right. Hot. What I mean by that is where you're, we talked about this when we covered them. You don't want to be the ninth place team or the eighth place mm-hmm. team being the hot team because you still have to go through the wild card. If you can be the hot team and be third, like Columbus, I think you're golden because you're in a top four, which means you're hosting. And then you also have a good chance of hosting that cup game. Columbus hosting against LAFC could have been the difference, mm-hmm. right? The same way we look at Union versus LAFC and say, well, if the Union would have hosted, maybe they win that game. It can make a difference. So still putting yourself in a position to win uh, to win enough games that you're in the top three so you can host your first rounds and then have a chance of hosting that final, I think puts you up in the best spot possible. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Be hot going into it, but be third. <laughs> that you're probably looking at a good, <laughs> good run there. Yeah. Okay, uh, we ready to move on to New England? Let's do it. Okay, so New England, well, we can't tell you too much about 2023 because they won't tell you too much about what happened in 2023. Bruce Arena got put on administrative leave, resigned, and nobody told anyone why. So we can't tell you anything why. So uh, they finished, what, fifth in the East, um, kind of a fall from grace a little bit. They had they kind of became a circus at the end of it. Omar Gonzalez uh, left. Um, they they've ended up like we said, Bruce Arena left all that kind of stuff. They're going to be bringing in Caleb Porter. We'll get to that. But if I'm looking at a report card of this team, I have to probably give them a C minus. Falling down the table, they get fifth. They end up having to face the Union. Um, the Union beat them in the best of three, move on. They were uh, just a totally on fire when it comes to what was going on that season. Bruce Arena getting in trouble, maybe going to be reinstated at some point. We don't know. But it, it really just collapsed from their previous run of being a, a top four team consistently. So I've seen minus. I do want to say one of the things that's thrown me off about the new playoff structure, Logan, 
is that when I was thinking about who the union got bounced out by, I had to think, I had to think, I had to think it was Cincinnati. Yep. Cause I was like, you know who I remember more the revolution. Cause we played them. <laughs> yeah. I think we only played them twice, but we were set to play them three times. And when you, and, and how long that round lasted, I think it was like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Your, that round felt the longest that like, I remember that round better. When we talk about sporting Kansas city, I remember that St. Louis series more than I remember who they got bounced by later that I have to sit there and think. So that's kind of the downside yeah. of the new, the new playoff structures. I remember the th- best of three better than any of the other games. Yes. I agree with you because I thought the same thing when I was doing Orlando's preview, it was like, the crew bounced us, but who the hell did we beat? <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Because you do, you have to do like the math. You're like, wait, how, what? So Nashville was a team that we beat, and I've totally forgotten because it was a non-series anyway. Um, but yeah, so uh, talking about the Revolution, Jordan, like you said, they were one of the top teams in the East pre-Bruce uh, firing. And then after that, they they fell so quickly, and there was so much turmoil going in and on and around the club. I'm not sure it's really fixed like you know like you you bring in caleb porter and you you have you know some of the existing pieces there that were still with the bruce arena debacle like i don't know it's very strange to me um i will say the revolution have a a good core but I, i think that they're going to struggle based off of the fact that some of that core is starting the season on on the shelf so uh, for last year, though, I mean, I'd give this a, a C minus and and kind of hovering the D plus because it a season that started so promising with one of the best coaches that's ever done it in this league to to being without that coach and he's put on administrative leave and the players don't seem to know what's going on. Uh, Omar Gonzalez, which uh, he's a veteran center back that's been there for quite some time, he talked about just the the kind of dis disarray um, that this club is in. So. I don't know. Like it, it seems like you know he's he 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 was pretty much telling you what exactly this was uh, as far as his organization was, what was left of it. So yeah, I'm gonna go with C minus, uh, hovering D plus because I just feel like that this is what the season was for them. They were just a disappointment. All right, so uh, let's move on from 2023 the way that the Revs want to move on from 2023. But so they still have, you know, Carlos Heel, uh, you know, that's great. He's still that player that can that can help. They got to Juan Jones, uh, Sean Kalai, right, uh, the Argentine winger. Um, you've got Polster still, Borrero, Borrero, Borrero. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Uh, so we have um, okay. Caleb Porter, the new head coach. He's won two MLS Cups, one with the Crew and one with the Timbers. Uh, kind of flames out after a few years, I guess you would say, or is just part of franchises that immediately just don't think it's good enough uh, at, at a certain point. But uh, four years with the Timbers, and of course uh, three years with the Crew. Uh, two MLS cup, uh, cups, an MLS coach of the year. I I like this. I I, I like Caleb Porter. This is the type of caliber coach I think that they need to go to compared to when you look at some of these other clubs, <clears throat> Portland, that go for a different uh, caliber of coach like Phil Neville. 
who hasn't really proved it in this league. And then you have revs who are struggling and they say, well, we lost our coach that consistently had us in the top and was a four time or more. I, I'm blanking on how many is one uh, MLS cup winner, Bruce arena. Let's go get a two time winner and two times in two time winner in with two different clubs. And in, in this current era of major league soccer, it's not like he is somebody like, like, uh, that one I'm like so long ago that you're sitting there thinking, why are we bringing out this retread? Caleb Porter, I think if you give him those four years, has a good chance of getting you uh, back there. So I really do like the Caleb Porter signing. And I was thinking this probably would have been a good opportunity for somebody like DC United or some somebody else to kind of grab a Caleb Porter. But um, it, it feels like it fits him going to the Revs. Yeah, he's definitely a win-now coach. I mean, he's done it with the Timbers. He's done it with the crew. I feel like he's the guy you hire when you've got all the pieces in place and he's just got to put the cherry on top. And he's been very successful at doing that. And I listened to an interview that he did um, with one of the Revs podcast, and he, he was talking about the fact that, like, when he comes into a situation, it's not really about how they adapt to his methodology. It's about how he adapts his methodology to the players. And he said, we've got some really special players here, like a Dylan Barrero, like a Carly Seal. Uh, Shankalai is really good. Uh, and then you've got a Dewan Jones, you know, it, it, you've got special talent and you've got the pieces in place. Now it's about, I think, trying to figure out where they go next and how special they can be. And I think this team can be special. Like Carlos Hill is kind of like that Hani Mukhtar, Emmanuel Reynoso, Lucho Acosta. Like he's in that echelon of players, especially when he's healthy. And this team, I don't think has, any reason to kind of doubt that they'll be in the playoff mix. And that's all you have to be. And these Jordan, this is one of those teams that they're going to get players back from injury, like a Barrero um, that, that are going to escalate this team's performance quite quickly, but it's going to take some time. I think by the summer, they're going to have all their players back that were injured. Brandon by like those guys are going to be back. And when they do come back, they're going to make a huge impact. And that's Jordan the kind of team that we're looking at, like a crew that if they get hot and they figure out a striker, because I'm not, I'm not sure if Veroni's it, it's six goals. Um, hasn't scored uh, an away goal is a DP sits on a DP contract. Like if they can somehow unlock him or Caleb Porter can unlock him a little bit, or if they can just get a, a consistent number nine or, or a guy up top, I think this team can go to the next level. Now I think that's, also going to be what their pitfall might be. If they can't find consistency in goal scoring, I think that's ultimately what the issue is going to be. And they no longer have a Petrovic or a Matt Turner. Um, they do have a new goalkeeper, but I, I think it's ultimately going to be up to this attacking front and the goalkeeper to be somewhat solid uh, compared to what he's now com you know, completely replacing and two of the best goalkeepers that have played in this league. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Revs put out there. I'm looking forward to seeing what Caleb Porter can do. Um, and with some of these signings, like a Jonathan Mensa, Nick Lima, and then uh, that Heinrich uh, Rabas, uh, which is, I think, how you pronounce that, um, is the goalkeeper. So interested. Um, I think it can be a good team but I also could see where this team might be struggling at the, at the end of the season and, and disappointing once again. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, uh, so last year they allowed 46 goals, right? That's that's okay. Like you said, they had Petrovic. He's gone. So uh, mm-hmm. different goalkeeper there. Um, Omar Gonzalez gone. Gustavo Bo gone. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that kind of sits with us right now of where do we see a successful season for this club going into 20? 24 uh the east is still gonna be if i think we both agree probably the premier conference gonna be pretty hard to kind of break into that top four right uh what's their ceiling this year what's a a successful season for me i'd say to be a success you're gonna want to be in the top four if you finished fifth right like that's that's just the the obvious goal there is to get top four, get a home playoff series. Uh, Maybe that's the difference in the Philly series. And then you're, they also had other distractions. You can't really say, but now that you have a little bit more stability, um, you, you want to get that home home series, the best of three. And uh, you want to be able to go in and, and, you know, take care of business, get in the top four, get to another MLS cup. Now it doesn't mean that that's what they're going to do, but I think a successful season is, is top four. Yeah. Natural progression would be top four. And and they were there all season before Bruce got fired. <laughs> like that first half of the season, yeah. they lived there. Like yep. they were one of the top teams in the Eastern conference. And I thought, Oh man, this team is for real. Petrovic was still around. Like this is a damn good team. Um, and now Jordan, with Carlos Hill in his last year of his contract, with some of these players like a Brandon By, Dewan Jones having aspirations to play elsewhere, like you're running out of time. Like you're 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 right up against Father Time and, and the time clock that which which you have a competitive window and and you make this Caleb Porter hire because it's a win now situation. It needs to be top four. Anything less than that, Jordan is going to be a disappointment because I think this team has the structure to be there. I just worry that some of the injuries are going to catch up to them and they just don't have that consistent number nine. That's going to be that big difference maker. And and I think they end up being pretty similar to Nashville. And I think they've kind of regressed defensively. So yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm going to say successful season is a top four, get that home playoff spot. All right. We ready to move over to the Philadelphia union. Yeah, sure. Let's go. All right. Philadelphia union 2023. Uh, was a interesting year, I guess you would say, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, they finished fourth, uh, given up 41 goals, scoring 57, positive goal differential. 41 goals, pretty good defense. Second, uh, second best in the top four, Cincy and Orlando both had 39 tied for first there. Uh, they just, and they had scored the same amount of goals as Cincinnati. So you're looking at a pretty similar outlook there. It's just the wins were not there as much. They had nine losses compared to Cincy's five. And that's kind of the big difference in the 14 point, 14 point window there from fourth to first. So let's say they go back to last year and Philly is playing good. Some of those losses become wins and you're looking at, maybe challenging for top two instead of top four. Um, Very odd season. Sometimes it felt like it wasn't ever going to really kick on for them. And then 
what do you know? They finish in the top four. Uh, they get to the semifinals of the League's Cup, lose to Miami. Get destroyed by Miami, but still lose to the eventual champion, so you can't get, I don't think, too upset. And then, uh, you know, lose to Cincinnati in the uh, playoffs after they beat um, the Revs. So winning a playoff series, which is something that the Union used to never do, by the way, uh, what, their first playoff win was 2019 against the Red Bulls? I was there. So <laughs> to go from that and then get to conference final, MLS Cup in the next two years, and then winning another playoff series, I don't take that for granted, right? So it's like, oh, we won another playoff, two playoff games uh, in this season. That's pretty darn good compared to what we used to get. So that is kind of what I look at. If I'm looking back at this, I kind of give it a B minus. Um, top four is great. Beating uh, New England is great. Getting to a League's Cup semi, great. But again, another trophyless season. Don't get to the ultimate goal of MLS Cup. And at certain times, I'll, I'll knock them a little bit of grades for how they treated Bedoya. Uh, originally they've corrected that thank god but um something was really wrong there and kind of put a cloud over the team uh then you had the kai wagner situation with trying to sign him and then also his his uh verbal abuse at bobby wood so it was kind of like this very weird season i I, the most i can go is probably a b minus when i'm when i'm looking at it yeah, that's where I would sit with them. Um, it was a strange year. Like they, they were, they were in, they were in the headlines for the wrong reasons. It seemed um, like this union team is not going to win a trophy. The window's closing, right? You and I have talked about this, where like we felt like the window is now. Um, I think it's starting to cl- close shut, and you know this might be it. Like you're gonna, you're gonna look past this year, and I think that there are some pieces that are going to be gone next year. Um, and I was shocked that Julian Carranza and, and Mbazo, um come back. Like, I, I just, yeah, this team was interesting. And just the fact that, Jordan, I looked on here and I was like, I didn't realize that they were actually pretty good defensively. Like, yeah. I remember a time where we talked about, we're like, oh, they're not as good as they once were. They they only allowed 41 goals. That's nuts. Like, like that's so. Yeah, they're not as so good as consistent. they once were, but they are right. as good as they ever were, right? Yes, that's true. And as good as any other team in, in the league, which is wild because they were historically good defensively uh, in the years prior. But man, this this team, um, I think this might be a Jordan, but yeah, B minus. I think I think that's where I'd put them. So we kind of alluded to some of this stuff, right? Uh, the uh, signing, re-signing of Kai Wagner, the re-signing of Alejandro Bedoya. This is probably his last year, by the way. He's got a. He's projected to go into like part of his contract is being able to move into, um, the front office, in some capacity once he is, uh, once he is uh, out of the, uh, playing days. So I think it's a one year contract moving into the front office. So, pretty interesting setup there for, uh, Bedoya, um. Kai Wagner, uh, 
it sounds like he's going through the training of the what he's deemed to do due to his suspension. So there, you know, it's not much you can really say about that. I know some people are kind of more of a unforgiving at that, but if he's actually trying and actually trying to get better, I like to think people can get better, Logan, because if not, I, I really wonder what the hell we're doing, right? Like if we can't allow people to get better and change, then it's kind of a depressing world we live in. So hopefully he's becoming a better person uh, through the diversity training and all that. A lot of the other moves, we don't really know. Pereira moving to NYCFC. He was there on loan before. Joe Bendick is no longer the backup goalkeeper. That is a win as they bring in Oliver Semley uh, um, from Louisville City, uh, where he was playing there. And I think with Blake, he's going to miss some time due to the tournaments and stuff. So this is probably going to be a great opportunity to have a fresh backup goalkeeper that's probably going to be, should be much better than Joe Bendick was. Uh, bringing in Sanders uh, Nagagbo from uh, Bold Club, Lingby Bold Club. I don't know where that is. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah LaFleur. Uh, some of these signings were very late in like 2023. Nick Peranio, a uh, homegrown signing. Jameer Ber- uh, Berdecchio from uh, a loan move. Marcus Anderson coming over from Rayo Mahada Honda. And then uh, he's a forward. I think he's mostly going to probably play in U2 is what it sounds like. Um, Yeah, so uh, he's from the Spanish third tier. So uh, we don't really know how that'll translate, but I'm assuming that'll be a project of over the, I think his contract's like a three or four year deal. So I think over the course of the next two seasons, probably building him up to be able to fill in for uh, a few years afterwards. Ultimately, nothing really sexy when we're talking about signings. And uh, not that they really need that at times, but you you do worry Carranza is probably going to be leaving in the summer, I would think. And uh, he's the main one. You have a question on here if uh, Wagner would stay. I, I think he's staying for good now. There's no way he re-signed and then they're going to ship him out. So I think he would have just left on a free agent. and he, he wouldn't have consigned himself to being stuck with having somebody else's fate in his hands. So I, I do think now he is at the point of he missed his boat to go back over to Europe. He's probably going to be here. Um. Carranza, he's definitely probably bound in the summer. I think he said something recently that made me think that. But yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to think of some of these signings. I watched the highlight reel to Marcus Anderson, and it's like, yeah, it looks good at times, but it's like Spanish third tier. How does that translate to this? But then you also know that's how Kai Wagner came over from like the German third tier. So I can't really complain that much because it could turn out to be really great. It's tough, man. It, it's tough to look at what they've done. And uh, I know this kind of drew some... We're on Goals TV, and we were having a healthy debate with some of the people from Goals and Jose, right? Um, Some people are really lighting a fire saying that Jim Curtin needs to win it or else he's he's got to 
get out of there. And I'm like, it's not really, I don't really think this is a Jim Curtin issue. We talked about it with Justin when we were talking about Cincinnati, uh, how much luckier Pat and Chris Albright are to be with the ownership that they moved over to with Cincy that are going to be able to spend money. Well, I feel like the union ownership is not, they haven't been known to do that. And it's led to Ernst Tanner having to find some of these diamonds in the rough. And how many times can you hit on that? That is the big question. And for me, I just have it as, look, a successful season, they have to get top three and have a deeper playoff run. Maybe you pick up silverware somewhere. Will they do that? That's for our prediction show because it's it's going to be tough with the depth. I thought I really loved what they did last year with their signings after MLS Cup. I thought Perea and um, what we had. Uh, Julian Carranza. Carranza, Torres, right? Yeah. Torres coming in for depth. I really he played well in the Columbus game and then just couldn't ever do that again. And then mm-hmm. you also had the problem with Jim Curtin sometimes not rotating these guys. I don't know if that's indicative on the guys bringing in or if he just, you know, like we brought in depth. He didn't use the depth that much, but also the depth probably wasn't that good. So it, it's this. I, I'm actually thinking last year was probably a better off season than this year. And now I'm worried. I'm worried about that. So it's, I don't know, man, it, it's going to be a, a, another weird season. I have faith that Curtin will get these guys playing and playing well, and they probably will be a good team again. It's just, can you get enough to get over the hump and win an MLS cup? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think Daniel Gazdog has the MVP type caliber season that he had before. Um, Julian Carranza was a really nice surprise and one hell of a signing because he was not doing anything. Where was he? Miami. Um, and, you know, and Mikel Ura, like he's going to be a nine guy, nine, 10, 11, maybe goal guy a season, I think. And I think that's, I don't know, Jordan, I look at this team and, and they just seem. And I think it's because of their the, their ownership. They just seem stuck with what they've got, and I, you know, and, and it's been successful. So they're just like, run it back, run it back, run it back. <laughs> like it seems like this is what the union are, are doing. And and while it is successful, I, I do think they don't have to get the over the hump player. Um, and you know, unless God's dog really continues to to just tear up the league like he did the year prior, I, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, but. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a, it's going to be a weird year <laughs> once again for the Philadelphia Union. They'll defend well. Probably won't let people score. The goals will be there, but not in the opportune times. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it, they are just a, a really solid three to four seed. And that's basically what they've become unless they had something else. And I think it's more likely they subtract. So, uh, yeah, no, this will be interesting. I'm kind of interested to see what they do from here. If they would just get that one player, that would be that big difference maker. If they could find that, this team would then go back up towards the, the very top uh, of some of these, uh, I think, rankings and predictions. But right now, Jordan, I just I think a successful season for them, what that looks like is stay in the top four. I know that's a really weird statement, but, like, stay in the top four and compete for a trophy. Like, that's ultimately what this team's built to do is to make a deep run in one of these tournaments. And I, I think it will be MLS cup is what they're going for, but they've got to stay in the top four because I, I think that's, you, you start to flirt with some danger once you start under 
the the five spot with uh, some of these teams. And I think this is one of those teams that would flirt with danger if they dropped a little bit. So, no, I don't think this is Jim Curtin's last year. Jim Curtin's just not given uh, a roster that I think is great. (laughs) All right, let's move on to Columbus, the champions from last year. Report card, I have to give them an A+, right? I I feel like you win MLS Cup, under a brand new coach, uh, even even not under a brand new coach, you win MLS Cup. That's an A plus. I, f- I feel like it'd be really rough to be like, oh, they won MLS Cup, uh, A minus. Like I feel like you'd still be like, what are you dinging them on? They did the thing that people are trying to do. So A plus, just incredible what they did last season. Um. So, uh, yeah, just looking back at 2023, you know, Nancy comes in, had a little bit of a struggle, right? That first game with the Union, 4-1 loss. And I, I said then, though, that they were going to be really good under him. So I, I take credit, full credit for uh, for Columbus's win. As you should. As I you should, should, right? Like, nobody else yes. was saying that. You definitely so, texted me and said that. Like, I remember. You were like, man, that crew team is very good. And I was like, nah. You're nope, like it's they four were. one. What are you talking like, about? Yeah, I was like Jordan, man. They got they got some pieces, man. But no, and I said they're going to win MLS Cup against LAFC, and they're going to win that game handily. Yeah, I couldn't believe you did that <laughs> uh, right after the first week. That was wild. <laughs> but no, I did say they were going to be good. Uh, but you know, it took them a bit to get there, and then once they were hot, they were hot, right? Um, they did lose to Orlando late in the summer, four three, uh, where they blew a lead, and that was kind of a thing that was going on but i mean chucho 16 goals 11 assists ali ryan 10 goals 7 assists uh, then they sold him in the summer christian ramirez 8 goals 4 assists diego rossi 3 goals 3 assists aiden morris 4 goals 7 assists uh they had gressel right they end up losing gressel um in the offseason that's really like their biggest loss i feel like um yeah, A plus. Logan, what do you have? Are you gonna sh- Are you gonna prove to me that you can give somebody that won MLS Cup something other than an A plus? Yeah, I'm gonna go with an A. No, I'm kidding. Uh, a plus. <laughs> like, I, yeah, like I don't, I don't know where you could possibly ding this team, especially with the the stretch they had after that summer loss in Orlando. Like, they they crushed teams, um, and they put Cincinnati on their back, like, and just flattened them. Like it, it yeah, this crew team, man. It, it's a uh, it's scary it's scary going forward too so a plus and uh yeah no not much to say besides but the the fact that they sold lucas zellerion who is arguably one of the best players in this league and still 17 goal top, contributions yeah right and had been like an mvp candidate most of his time here like that's just wild to me that would be like nashville selling honey mukhtar <laughs> and be yeah. like we're still good but the thing is, they had Chucho, who had, wow. uh, you know, we talked about Zellerion having 17 goal contributions. You have 27 goal contributions from Chucho. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be like if they sold Hani Mukhtar, but then ended up still and having... Surridge had a... Surridge had goal. a great year. Yeah. <laughs> 21 goal differential. It. Pretty good. Nagby, of course, is the heart of the team when you look at... Uh, how many trophies he's won and just 
how good he's always on a team. Schulte, right, had a really great year coming from Crew 2. Their, their Crew 2 is kind of underrated because yes, I feel like we don't talk about them enough when we talk about academies, and they come in and they actually perform at the Major League Soccer level, and, and they do it well. Um, so, I, you know, that's that's how it's supposed to be. All right, so if they're uh, bringing in some signings, they did sign up a backup goalkeeper, Nicholas Hagen. They bring in Derek Jones, free agent. He's still only 26. I remember Derek Jones, man. He's been around forever, and he's only 26. Played for Charlotte FC last, and um, we'll, we'll see where he really fits in uh, in this club. Mariano Heinz-Troza coming over from Pachuca. Uh, so he's a U22 initiative player. So that that's an exciting signing there. And of course, they'll still have Chucho, Diego Rossi, Matan, Darlington Nagmi, Morera. Tons of really great players on this squad. I I feel like I, I feel like there has to be, if you're looking at a successful season for this club, for the crew, it has to be challenging for top two of the East, maybe challenging for that supporter shield, and then having another deep playoff run, maybe winning a trophy in another competition. If I'm them, I'm, I'm putting all my baskets in the CCC or, or League's Cup to say, hey, we're winning something different this time. We won two MLS Cups in the last like three years. Let's go out there now and win one of these other trophies. We don't get a shot at as much. You know, CCC, you don't always get into. Go out there and win that. Try to push for it. Get to a final. Get to the semis of it. Really make an effort and put forward your best foot in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Yeah, I think looking forward to 2024, they've got probably the the most feared uh, attacking three. Like Cucho, Christian Ramirez, and Diego Rossi. Like that is a three-headed dragon ready to attack and kill its next predator or prey. Sorry, they are the predator. Uh, And Jordan, I like Darlington Nagby is still Darlington Nagby. Aiden Morris is finally bursting onto the scene and having uh, a great career. and, And I think gets even better as the crew go on. Uh, you do have in Heinz a player that I think they're going to look forward to kind of be that Julian Gressel where he's on that right wing back, making plays, creating space and creating a, a way forward and a path forward for some of these attacking uh, front three. And, and the good thing about the attacking front three, Jordan, they're not going anywhere. I don't think like I, Cucho could like I, there's there is a chance that eventually he moves on. But the other two, Diego Rossi and, and Christian Ramirez, like they've come back to this league and they, I don't think they've got plans of moving. Darlington Agony, this is where he, I think, ends his career. Aiden Morris uh, is always going to get uh, some looks, but uh, Schulte uh, is one of the best goalkeepers as far as uh, a ceiling is concerned. Um, he's got one of the highest ceilings for a, a young keeper and ultimately stood on his head when he needed to the most in, in some of those playoff series and, down the stretch in the season, they had Derek Jones, great veteran depth. They have the best coach, I think, arguably, in Wilfred Nancy. Um, I think that he is a huge pinnacle for them. Like they've gotten to the point where they have probably the best coach in MLS. And Jordan, I think Wilfred Nancy will eventually coach a bigger club, like a a, a pretty big club in Europe. I, I think that's ultimately. Oh, in Europe, I was going to say what yeah. L- LA Galaxy. <laughs> LAFC. LAFC. No, I'm in Europe. 
<clears throat> yeah, so but so many players to build around. Alex Maton, Jordan, is a, a depth piece. Like uh, there's teams that would die for Alex Maton uh, to be on their on their pitch. So yeah, that, it, it just there's so much fun to watch. If Please, not no finishing... clubs die for Maton because we've already lost so many American <laughs> clubs. <laughs> let's not lose anymore please yeah no you don't want to be like achieve us uh but yeah no i think looking at it jordan all of it adds up to this team being one of the top teams i think in the eastern conference they won mls cup maybe they go and try to defend their title but i could see them pouring their resources into trying to win like a league's cup getting yeah. a, a deep run through champions league sure start champions cup because i think that's the that's the level that we're at right now and i think this team this team has the firepower, that front three, kind of like when Carlos Vela and uh, Chicho Arango were with LAFC and and firing on all cylinders. That's kind of what this feels like. Diego Rossi was with them. Like, it, it, this feels like that team that I think is going to be threatening for a couple of years now. And, man, they, they're going to win something this year. It's just a matter of what. Yeah, and I think some people would say, well, why not try to aim for – um like uh what what was i trying to say sorry i'm typing a note at the same time that i'm also trying to talk um some people would say okay the the successful season should maybe be back-to-back mls cups but that's so tough to do so tough to do And, and also if i'm a if i'm a crew fan yes i'll take another mls cup but i want to win something different i really want to get something like CONCACAF champions cup that only one mls team has won and um, or Leagues Cup in the middle of the summer. Like, you know, something different that gets you a little bit more international no- notoriety maybe from other areas. I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's what I would want as a fan. Like, if the Union had won the 2022 MLS Cup, I would have wanted us to really try to win a different trophy. It's like, we got Supporter Shield. We would have MLS Cup then. I'm like, yeah, let's go out and win the CONCACAF Champions League, you know, let's go, you know, we, we got to the semis of the League's Cup. I thought that was pretty cool. But I know, obviously, if they, at the end of the year, if they didn't win any of those and they win MLS Cup, you'll be like, yeah, I'll take it, <laughs> you know? So I, I think just kind of growing, becoming like a, a team that's constantly in the hunt for trophies is is something that they have a chance of doing under, under Wilfred Nancy. All right, let's move on to Orlando, reflecting on 2023. Logan, I'm going to pass this off more to you here since you are an Orlando City fan and you have your tickets for opening night and all that. So uh, set the stage on what 2023 was like and uh, you know what, what worked for them and then give us your grade for that year. Yeah, so I think 2023 overall, um, with exciting signings like uh, Gaston Gonzalez, Martin Ojeda, uh, you had guys that were coming into this side that I think were um, exciting for the team. Ivan Angulo, like it just, it felt like a team, Jordan, that was really building up to something special um, and it delivered. They, they finished second in the Eastern Conference. They had one of the better def- their defenses in the league. Um, under 40 goals allowed, uh, which was really special for them, especially given the fact that Antonio Carlos 
played half the games uh, this season uh, or last season, sorry, um, to play with Rodrigo Schlegel as kind of a center back to put Duker Don, who would have, nobody would have thought would have played a, a backline position. They found what seemingly is a good spot for him in that backline, which is wild as a right back. Um, Facundo Torres continued his pace. Erchan Cara got to be uh, a player that we could ship off for some money, at least off of that. Uh, disaster of a DP spot. And then Jordan, the biggest surprise of them all, I think, and, and probably the most promising was Duncan McGuire, uh, came onto the scene as a rookie and performed extremely well. Um, and, you know, it would, Orlando's so good at this, the, you know, drafting these young kids and flipping them for great uh, value, uh, tried to flip Duncan, but unfortunately that fell through with Blackburn. Um, but Jordan, this team was just overall a lot of fun last year to watch, especially towards the latter stretch of the year, because that's when they really started to turn it on. And there were so many people that said, you know, it's going to take time. And it was, it was right after league's cup that you really started to feel like this team was the real deal and that they could pretty much bounce anybody. Um, if there was just not a team that was extremely hot in the playoffs, which was unfortunate because they ran into the crew. Um, and so, you know, they, they did, they got such great production. Martino Hayda started to play better. Ivan Angulo is probably one of the best wingers in this league, um, and I'll go to bat for him anytime. I think he gets ignored because of where he plays. I don't think Orlando is necessarily the one that gets talked about a ton, but I think they're getting there. I think this is becoming a team that is exciting. A lot of teams want to watch. And finally, Jordan, all these pieces are coming together like a, a Vilder Cartagena, uh, Cesar Arujo. Um, it just the list goes on and on. Like this team is is deep and got deeper and added some really exciting players for 2024. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think that where it fell apart really uh, is consistency in goal scoring and the fact that like when Facundo Torres and Duncan aren't scoring, you're not really getting much from anybody else. It, it Martino Hayda had flashes and moments where he was a goal scorer. He got six goals last year, but I think there are moments where you want more from him. And I think going forward, they're going to need more from him. I think he is... You know, the, the Orlando City is losing a lot of players. A lot of players that have been staples for this team right down the center of the of the squad. Um, and there's even pieces moving into like more of a depth piece because of the signings that they've made. But the fact that they're moving on from Maurizio Pereira uh, and Antonio Carlos, like that's massive. Uh, Pedro Galese is not getting any younger. Um, so the, the window's now ultimately is what I'm saying. And I think that was, you know, they're trying to find what fits and what works. Defensively, they need more consistency from their center back position. They Rodrigo Schlegel is a great third center back. He's not a starting center back, and they knew that. Um, and they need uh, they need a more good uh, backup goalie and too. He is a great backup keeper, uh, which they didn't really have either. Um, but yeah, I think finding a number ten, a more consistent ten, was also the issue. There are times where their their offense can go stymie because they don't have anybody creating in that talisman spot. Because Facundo Torres, while can play more central mid doesn't he comes inside quite a bit but he he's not somebody that's going to create an intense spot so that's what they were looking forward to in 2024 going forward who can we add to kind of solidify that midfield and then add a more veteran experience and dangerous tacking nine they've always wanted a dp9 and they've talked about this for years and it's finally come to fruition so did you give a grade for last year because i didn't i'm gonna give it an a minus like i think this club yeah i think this club uh, from where they began, Jordan, when team when people were looking at them going, oh, goodness, like this is, you know, they, they should really 
it should be better than this. And then all of a sudden it, it flipped and it was like, Oh yeah, that's the team we expected. Yeah. I have uh, I have B plus. Yeah. That's what I have. Um, I like the Ladero signing as we're going into 2024. I know mm-hmm. you were kind of out on that a little bit as a 34 year old, but yeah, I know maybe some of the preseason stuff has, has helped you with that. Yes. So successful season then i would have look you finish second you're gonna have to again be in this top two top three of the east but i think you have to challenge more for an actual title um so what i mean by that is the the playoffs weren't really great what they've been to playoffs like four times now under Perea. that's Mm -hmm. something that they weren't really featuring in a lot they won an open cup pretty good you know, pretty good run here by prayer so far. Now he's back. And like you said, the window is kind of now. So I think you have to start proving that by having deeper runs in the playoffs, trying to get to an actual final uh, to win a cup again. Uh, That's where I'm looking at, whether it's MLS cup, whether it's leagues cup, CCC, they have to be putting their best foot forward here in trying to actually win trophies. So I have top two and three and challenge for an actual trophy. A successful year, Jordan, for this team is, like you said, I think one of the top spots in the East and competing for an MLS Cup or Supporters <laughs> Shield. I think ultimately this team can get there because of the signings they've made. Luis Moriel is coming over from Atalanta, was a Champion League player over in Europe, has had tremendous success uh, and has scored a ton. Uh, paperwork is supposed to be done tomorrow, supposedly, but has scored 103 goals in Syria. Uh, is uh, a prolific goal scorer in the last two years. He's had a dip, but I think it's more of you know he's aging. That's an older player in Europe, and you know I think as he got older, it's it's been harder for him to get more acclimated to playing some of these great defensive teams um, that exist in Europe. But that's a huge signing. Nico Ladero, I think, is a really good signing. I think he'll he'll be a nice depth piece if he doesn't start right in behind Martino Ojeda. So they've added a bunch of depth. David Bracalo, who's the center back that they've added, is a tremendous player. He's playing for Slovenia side in Cape Rabo, which um, if you've seen any highlights, the guy's a massive goal threat. Like, it can score off headers. Like, it's exactly what they need. They need an intense defender and they got one so you've got the viking and then you've got Bracalo who looks like a viking it's all going to go well i think as far as center backs like i think they will become one of the better defensive teams in this league just because of that addition <coughs> sorry tickle my throat um Pereja is back which is massive um oh man hold on i need to get water All these signings are like choking Logan up. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm so excited. No, but again, I, I really do. I think that we're going to look at this and say, man, Orlando did a great job in the offseason because I think the piece they've added with Angulo being permanent from Palermos now, like this is just a team that can compete for championships. And I think they finally, Jordan, have a team that can do it. If Luis Moriel is that 10 to 15 goal scorer like this team is is scary and duncan mcguire's back so even if it doesn't work out with moriel i think you've got duncan as kind of a, a backup option which they could play a two striker set at some point uh and maybe facundo torres drops into like a midfield position but 
man, this team, it's, it looks good on paper, Jordan. This is the most excited I've been for Orlando City since uh, we've started this podcast. So I think a successful season, tops, one of the top spots in the East, one or two, and I'd say a, a deep run into one of these competitions, and I think that would be the MLS Cup playoffs. I think they need to get to an Eastern Conference final at least. All right. Uh, had to write that down. Um, that that wraps it up because Cincinnati we previewed at the top of the show. All right. So what's coming up the rest of this week as we build up to we are, oh, man, we are nine. We're there, baby. Nine days away. About yeah, because it'll be uh, a week on Wednesday. So it's coming quick. This. Sunday, we're recording our uh, prediction show where we're going to give you who is not going to win MLS Cup, who's not going to win MVP, because we're always wrong, and who's, yeah. <laughs> uh, who's not going to finish in the spots that we put. So um, we'll have our predictions. We'll see how they go. Um, we also just did an episode, if you want some U.S. men's national team coverage, uh, Logan came up with our idea here where we did the state of the union of the player pool and uh, we picked strikers and we just kind of went through the top 10 in the pool and kind of thought who has a good shot at making 2026 and you know Copa this year and all that kind of stuff and uh, where they currently stand in the pool and all that so make sure you check that out prediction show coming up on Sunday which means it's probably going to release late Sunday Monday uh, early Monday and then our kit video uh, where we rank the kits of the MLS 2024 season. We'll be recording that on the Tuesday before it kicks off for a release on Wednesday. So the day that the season starts, you can go through and hear all of our thoughts on MLS's 2024 kits that have uh, been released. So looking forward to that. We rank them on a case by case of buy it now wait for ross don't buy and burn it so we'll we'll see how that goes um and then we'll get into our real coverage once the games start kicking off so it's going to be a lot of fun really looking forward to that logan's going to orlando's home opener is that is that the first week or is that on a other week yeah they open at <laughs> home? On, yeah Yep, Saturday the 24th against Montreal. So Nice. Looking forward to it. Yep. Night game? Yeah, 7.30, uh, and we're sitting. This is the first time, Jordan. I, I kind of kind of regret where we're sitting because we're sitting where the players will typically warm up for Orlando City during the half. So they'll be running back and forth. But we're first row right behind the goal, just to the right-hand side if you're, if you're facing goal. Nice. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to Logan's talk of that. Um, I'll see if I can get to the Union game through credentials or not. We'll see um, how that goes. But And then, you know, CONCACAF Champions Cup uh, started with Vancouver. It's like the only MLS team that started yet, but then the rest are going to start uh, next week on the 20th. So maybe on the prediction show we'll kind of – just uh, when we always look at what games are coming up, we'll talk about what games are coming up on, on that day. All right. Well, if you want to tell us that we got anything wrong, you want to tell us that this was a boring podcast, you can comment on the YouTube video below. You can like and subscribe as well. 
Uh, you can also tell us if it was an entertaining podcast. And you can uh, also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can contact us as well. If you don't feel like commenting on the YouTube video, you can contact us via social media at Stateside Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, all of those good socials, or you can email us, statesideshow at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for sticking with us through all of our previews. The previews are done. The predictions are coming up, and you can yell at us about where we put your team next time. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.